Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, Michael's back. Uh Aha, Michael's back. (laughs) Oh, 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 (laughs) I just love it. This hour is a chance for me to visit with my son, and I am so grateful for this time together. Welcome back, Michael. How you doing, honey? I am fantastic. How are you today? I'm doing well. The Emmys happened tonight. It's over with. And of course, you know, I have this Emmy sitting right in front of me. I mean, right in front of me. And I'm so excited. I got this Emmy in 2019. Really, it was for 2018 for um, a a documentary called Flower Power, as you know, Michael. F-L-O-U-R, Flower Power. Talking about the Mill City. And... um, I'm just, I'm really excited about this. This was a, a PBS win, and I was the narrator for the show. And so just to sit and look at this and know that the Emmys were happening tonight, I'm just feeling pretty, you know, overwhelmed and happy, just as happy as I can be. Did you watch? I, You know, I didn't watch. I was out with, with, with some friends. Well, one friend from out of town, other friends joined. We rented other friends. So I was at a location that had it playing, but... But they also had a football game playing, and they had the audio from the football game instead of the Emmys. <laughs> so I saw some of the amazing outfits for the evening, and I definitely have heard some of it. But I definitely, uh, I'm going to have to go online and catch the actual speeches and whatnot from the show. But I mean, it's cool seeing some of uh, 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 the results roll in as the show is going on and almost over right now in LA. And it's also very strange being in Los Angeles during a big award show and not seeing all the parties and, and the private cars around because usually. When it's, you know, a big awards show in L.A., you can feel the difference because people are out and about and there's blocked off streets sometimes. And, uh, there's, again, there's, there's lavish parties after all these shows uh, that are at all the hotels and venues in the area. So I didn't see any of that. So I'm not sure if that's still happening, maybe in a, in a more socially distant way, but it didn't feel that way at all uh, in the parts of West Hollywood where I was today. Wow. Well, I have to say, Michael, um, I, I want to make sure that I mention the director producer for Flower Power is uh, Daniel Pierce Bergen. Um, and it came out on, in 2019, I think, but it was uh, filmed in 2018, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm really excited as I read through who won what tonight. I have to tell you, I'm disappointed. There were only two people of color that I recognized or two people of color. Maybe there were some... Um, uh, Hispanic or, or uh, Latinx that were involved in the winners too. And maybe I didn't get their names or didn't know their ethnicity, but I do know that RuPaul now has the most Emmy wins for a person of color. And yeah. also Debbie Allen got one as well. And I was, um, I was so surprised. It was just the two of those that I recognized. It, it may have been more um, part of it also. It's kind of 
to your last point that you recognize because there is so much content out there to watch. And so, I mean, I've definitely watched uh, several of these major shows, but there, there are people that are up for awards. I just I haven't watched their show. I haven't seen what they were on. So um, these, of course, are, are, are only the primetime Emmys, but there are, are a whole host of other Emmys that I've already given um, I think last weekend and throughout this whole week. So there may be, a, may, may be a lot more winners, just not those that we saw on the, on the actual program itself. Okay, what about the close? What did you think? So I saw a bit of the opening, and I was here for it. Seth Rogen looks fantastic, by the way. He, he looks like someone's uh-huh. very attractive dad. You no know, kidding? So nice. He lost some weight. He had a clean haircut. He had a cool tuxedo on and a, and a very interesting color. It was like an orange-salmon combination of some sort. Um, so I, 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 I kind of felt bad. I wasn't watching the opening. It looked really fun. There were lots of sparkly jackets on, on the men, and we know that I love sparkly clothing. Um, and people seemed to be having a good time, and the room was packed. You know, so I, I can only imagine the the, uh, the, the amount, amount of vaccination cards and COVID testing that had to happen to pack that room full of stars uh, here in Los Angeles. So I got to go back and check out the opening and see what everyone else was wearing. One of the articles from BuzzFeed talks about how Seth Rogen, um, you know, didn't understand. He didn't didn't know that it was going to be packed inside. And so he had something to say about that. You know, he actually <laughs> suggested that I probably wouldn't have come if I had known. You know, in fact, it says that it says Seth Rogen seemingly called out the 2021 Emmys for being held indoors amid COVID-19. I would not have come to this. <laughs> He said, they said this was outdoors. It's not. They lied to us. That's what he says in the article. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, he was not happy about that. Would you have gone with a packed I house? Mean, absolutely, I would have been there. It's the Emmys. Um, so I, I, I feel like he was in part kidding because he wanted to laugh and it was a good opening. And, and his whole opening had to be approved in writing before he said it on stage. At least usually that's how it goes. Who knows how things happen now uh, and after 2020. But I'm sure he knew well before he hit the stage it was going to be packed in that room. Um, and, and in most cases, as I mentioned, if, if you're going to go into a packed room like that, it's run like a film set. Everyone in that room had to get, had to get uh, a certain amount of COVID tests before they arrived for the event. The whole camera crew, the producers, they all have to have vaccines, et cetera, et cetera. So he knew, but I'm glad that it worked out for his, his, his opening number. But if I got an invite to the Indies, absolutely. I mean, I, I live in an area where people are, are, are you know, trying to help each other, getting the vaccine, and, and, and on, on top of that, wearing a mask when appropriate. So if someone said, go in here and, and go to the Indies, well, if I can go see a movie uh, with my mask on, why couldn't I go to the Indies? Exactly. And you did see a movie. I'm excited to hear about it. Tell us about the movie you went to see this weekend. Yes. So... The Eyes of Tammy Faye, the new film that came out this weekend in limited release. Um, I was excited to see this one because the trailer, I, first of all, I should ask, have you seen the trailer and do you know what this is about? Well, I did see the trailer. I saw it like three times. I watched it three times and I finally got excited about it. I thought, you know, this is an important story to tell. It didn't end well, you know, um, yeah. but it's, it's an exciting story to tell because they were like super famous um, in the Christian so. movement and outside of the Christian movement, because even after her, after his church failed and he went to pr- to jail or prison, you know, when she got sick, she turned to the gay community. They were there for her. 
and she loved them all. You know, it used to be that they would say, her and her husband, uh, they would talk about the LGBTQA community and, you know, they weren't supportive of that, but she was. And she was, it, it yeah. helped her get through her sickness even until death. So tell me what you liked about it. I mean, would you ever go see it again or take somebody to see it? Well, it's, 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 I would take someone to go see it. It's not one of those films I would necessarily want to see again just because of the kind of film that it is. Um, but it's really great to, to see a film about a, a real-life character who you know of and has been in your, a part of your life when you were a kid, but you don't really understand the full story. So, so you get that, the, the context of knowing that this is a real person, but also you get to experience their story for the first time because I didn't know that she had gotten sick. I, I, I wasn't aware that he had gone to, to prison. I wasn't aware of the, the details of the scandal. And if I'd heard those things before when I was much younger, I had long since forgotten. I also didn't know. They were from Minnesota, way up north by the border. But still, I didn't know they were from Minnesota. And it was so funny to hear the accents of the characters throughout the film. Um, and I knew who she was, and she's famous, or rather infamous, for her makeup and her personality. But I didn't realize all the points you just mentioned about their life. The movie itself, yeah. it's fantastic. It and is? It really is. I'm not just saying that because I know a producer on it. It's really, really fun. And this film... Uh, it is campy. It is really, really campy. It knows its audience. It doesn't take itself too seriously because I don't feel that – I feel like they knew you couldn't make a movie about Tammy Faye and keep it 100% serious. You have to be as, as over-the-top and big and, and at the same time sincere as she was, from, as I learned in the movie. And it is very much just that. It is a deeply sincere telling of this story that makes you laugh uh, and keeps you entertained and just gives you all the camp and fun throughout. Uh, Jessica Chastain as Tammy Faye is fantastic. I'm sure we'll be hearing about her come the next round of dramatic award season. Andrew, Andrew Garfield, who plays Jim Baker, is uh, okay. He's fine. He's, you know, he's, it's kind of like him when he, when, he, when he was playing Spider-Man. Like, it's okay, but I don't really need this in my life. Um, so <laughs> he's, he's fine and well, but she really is the star. She really nails this performance and just brings this character to life. Uh, you and you, you feel for this character, you know. So um, all of the all of the secondary characters around her are fantastic. She just carries this movie all the way through. Um, but and I, I will say something really interesting happened. We were sitting there, um, and the trailers started for the movie, mm-hmm. and I felt myself kind of rocking, and I thought, oh, someone's moving the chair. And then we realized the whole row was shaking back and forth. <gasps> what? And we start looking at each, each other and going, is there an earthquake right now? And then everyone's like, yep, there's an earthquake. And then as the, as the trailers are rolling before the film starts, we're all like, that's oh, still going. It's still going. The whole row is just shaking back and forth in the theater. Today? Think, no, this was... Yesterday. Uh, this was Friday night, I believe. Oh, Friday night. Uh, oh, my gosh. You're just like now telling me this, three. young man. <laughs> Because you tend to worry, but it, I think it was like a 4.3 somewhere far away, but everybody in the road were just sitting there shaking side to side. But that's a very L.A. thing to be in a movie theater shaking because there's an earthquake and everyone kind of just laughing and calmly discussing, oh, it's still going. And it was it was one of those long rolling earthquakes. It just kept going and going. Oh, y'all and going been to Disney stopped. way too long, honey. Y'all been on the rides too long. <laughs> this is this is ridiculous. I, I would get up and leave or at least try to leave. No, everyone in there lives in California. No one even got out of their seat because we know if it's under a certain uh, a certain level of intensity, 
we're not going to move because we have them all the time. And it's really just and a novelty, if you will. Like, oh, we're shaking. This is cool. If it jumps up a notch, everyone in there would have gotten up and calmly left because we know what that means. But at that level, it's like, well, we're shaking. <laughs> we're shaking. And so you, you, you didn't tell me because you thought you said I tend to worry. You tend to worry, but I didn't tell you because I forgot. <laughs> I watched. You forgot. If that is how uh, not uh, that's how inconsequential these things can be. Sometimes they happen at the beginning of a film. The film was deeply engrossing. It was very very long. Uh, we had a great time. I was so busy afterwards talking about the movie. I, I completely forgot that that even happened. And then uh, when I, I knew I was going to talk to you today about the film, I was like, oh right, <laughs> before I even saw the eyes of Tammy Faye. There was an earthquake in the movie theater. Okay, if you don't want me to worry, son, if you don't mm-hmm. want me to worry, get the the earthquake backpack. That would just, well, but, I promise you, I won't worry because I at least know that you're prepared if there is one that you need sure, to be prepared for. You're right. I should have that. But I will say to my point always, if I have that backpack sitting at home, it doesn't help me when I'm 15 miles away at, 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 on the top floor of a mall in a movie at that point you just you're you are where you are and you you don't try to follow the rules and and hope things go well but if you're seeing a movie and your row starts shaking there's nothing you can do about it you are in an earthquake okay so we have to take a break but when we come back i have to ask you one more question i want to know why the actress playing tammy faye's eyes were not like that crazy stuff she used to wear you know where her eyelashes were up to her eyebrows okay we're going to take a break and we'll be back in just a moment Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Hey, Michael Battle, it's so great to yeah. have you on tonight. And, of course, I asked you about her eyelashes in the Tammy Faye Baker sh- uh, movie. So did you? Did she have them? I oh, never they're saw there. it in the trailer. In fact, oh, they're there? The film opens on a shot of her later in her career where she has all the makeup and the, 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 the eyeliner and the lip liner tattooed on. And so they really uh, hit that right at the top. I missed a few moments of those lines because we were still shaking and talking yeah. about the shaking. <laughs> and I was checking my phone to see how strong that earthquake was. But maybe that's a good reason to go see it again. But most definitely her, her makeup is throughout the film. And, of course, it starts off early in her life and then gets progressively more dramatic as she becomes more and more famous and their, their empire grows. How about that? I mean, seriously, you just kind of go, wow, <laughs> they're telling this story for everyone to know because we have new gener- what, two new generations since, since, this, since they were around and doing incredible, making tons Absolutely. of money. Two wow. And, yeah, and I so didn't realize how much money they were making and how much money all, all, all those televangelists were making. I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars taking people's money on TV. So it was just fascinating to see uh, how they, they became that type, type of person. And her husband, it was interesting seeing his character. And, and, and you didn't hate him. You didn't dislike him for what he put her through or what he, or the choices he made because they wrote it in a way in which that character, you understood that he was just trying to do something good. Uh, and like all of these stories where, you know, the, 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 the road to hell is paved with good intentions, you see how each individual choice keeps leading the both of them further and further down their path of, of, of bad activity and, and crimes and pilfering money from these people. Um, but it's fascinating. It's really interesting to watch and, and how she just stays chipper throughout and, and deals with it. And, and, you know, she can see that he probably is not really into women that much anymore and, and watching how that plays out and what she does with it. And by the end, you, you both pity and love her. You really feel like you understand how she ended up going through that journey and, and uh, the kind of personality she was. So I'm here for it. And, you know, the more I talk about it with you, I kind of do want to see it again. <laughs> I'm <laughs> definitely going to see it. It's, I'm definitely going to really, see it. It's fun. It's well done. I'm sure we're going to have a lot of Tammy Faye costumes in West Hollywood this Halloween. I, I think there's going to be some, I, I mean, a lot of people do that anyway, but there are definitely a, a lot of drag queens who have Tammy Faye characters. So I think we'll see uh, far more this time. Also, Vincent D'Onofrio plays Jerry, Jerry Falwell. Falwell. Oh yeah. And Vincent. And speaking you know of from, Jerry Falwell, by the way, I looked up Michael, the eight richest pastors in America. Okay, mm-hmm. Kenneth Copeland is worth three hundred million. Pat Robertson, uh, his net He's worth is a hundred million. Joel mm-hmm. Olstein, forty million. Creflo Dollar, twenty-seven million. Rick Warren, twenty-five million. Franklin Graham, twenty-five million. Jesse Duplantis, twenty million. Bishop T.D. Jakes, twenty million dollars. Right? I mean, when you when you look at a list like this, you kind of go, "Are you kidding me?" 
And of course, Pat Robinson, a hundred million dollars. I just have to say it again. A hundred million dollars. Yep. Okay. And his character is in the film. Um, but Vincent, who, of course, we know from, from law, law and Order Criminal Intent, he plays a really great villain here. But again, a villain who you understand, you know, he just is a bit hateful himself, but he's trying to keep the, the, the messaging and the control of their system in place um, because of politics in some way. So, again, very well written, very well directed. I'm sure we'll hear a lot about this this next coming uh, Oscar season. Um, and I just I definitely enjoyed it. Oh, did I mention Franklin Graham? No. Did I mention him? $25 million. I, You know, nobody's under millions. It's just millions and millions and millions. I mean, to me, it seems like they could, you know, eradicate some of the, not eradicate completely, but some of the poverty, some of the displacement of people. I mean, it's just a lot of money. Paula White, the only female I see here, $5 million a year. So... And Bishop Noel Jones, $5 million. I mean, we can go on and on and on. Okay, so, Michael, we got to take a break. And then when we come back, I have so many more questions for you. There's so much for us to talk about. And that's coming up next. Welcome back to the Mom and Michael Hour. That's right. My son, Michael, about all the way from Los Angeles. We've been doing this for nearly two decades, and I just love it. Okay, so I, I probably gave the wrong number of years, Michael. But how many years has it been? Um, 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 I think 12 okay. or 13. 12 or 13, not 20. Okay, Gerilyn, <laughs> not 20. It's impossible. Okay, so here we are um, looking at the weather forecast here in Minnesota, and I'm just curious to know, what has the weather been like in L.A. recently? Cold. Like, I mean, cold for us. It's not okay, and what is cold? What is that, like 60-something? <laughs> yeah, so lows in the high 50s, mid to high 50s in certain areas here in Los Angeles. Um, yeah, there were, you know, some areas where it was still a high of like 75 to 78, but really like 72 for the high. So, uh, but don't worry as cold as it has felt for a few days, uh, next week, it's going to jump back up to the eighties and nineties, which I'm really excited about. And, you know, I went to Disneyland on Saturday for red shirt days right. and I wasn't wearing my shorts. I couldn't wear my shorts cause it was too cold. Woe is me. Right. I mean, real first world <laughs> problems here. Um, <laughs> Real first world problems. Champagne problems. Oh, you can wear your shorts. Oh, boo. No, but really, it was it was cold, and I had my red polo. I worked so hard to find, and but that's all right. Um, it is late, well, mid September. It's that time of year, so I have a couple more weeks where it heats up, and then it's going to get crisp. And you know, people, we talked about this many times. People come here uh, from out of town, and they see a low of. 60, 58, and they think, oh, 58, that's warm. It is not. 58 or 60 in Los Angeles, as you have experienced many times, is cold. You will need a jacket. You should not yeah. be wearing shorts. It is very cold because we're so close to the ocean. That's right. It's so close to the ocean. Now, Michael, does the cooling off of the temperatures help you know, get rid of some of those fires, or does it keep raging? It's less about the cooling off and more about how humid or rather how dry it is uh, and mm -hmm. the wind. It's the dryness and the wind that really cause the problem. So even if it's a little bit colder outside, it, it really it makes it easier for those who are trying to fight the fire because they aren't, uh, the, the heat isn't quite as intense. But if it's still dry and windy, those fires are still going to spread just as easily. 
My goodness, it's been rough in California, that is for sure. Okay, Michael, I came across an article that um, mentions COVID-19 vaccination is proof needed in New York City now for entrance into a restaurant. And you and I talked about this a couple of Sundays ago. It's going to come down to this, everyone. If you're not vaccinated, you're not going to be able to get into buildings, whether it's a movie or a play, if you don't have your vaccination card. And you and I believe that. In fact, in California, you guys have a different kind of card. I think it has a chip in it. Have you been? Have you received that already? No, we are, our, our cards are all online. It's just, it's just a thing that an app that you download. You can show it on your phone, like in your iPhone wallet. But we don't right. have a sort of physical plastic card besides the normal paper card that was given to you when you first got the vaccine. But your auntie got that, so that's why I'm surprised you haven't gotten that a yet. But maybe it's going to take. Yeah, a plastic card. She said it came. They didn't ask for it. It just showed up. So I'm just wondering about that. But it really is. The thing we all need to pay attention to, it's going to get down to you have to have your vaccination card in order to go certain places. Right, right. And and Um, when I went to to the concert the other night, I talked about it last Sunday. Um, Yeah, for Lizzo, you had to be fully vaccinated. They told you you have to bring your card, blah, blah, blah. I talked about that last week. But seriously, it's going to get to that point. And so do you think that's going to make the difference for people, whether you're in L.A. or Minnesota? Oh, I I don't really care. I just if you don't have the vaccine, I just don't want you in there. So if people have their issues and they don't want to do it, they can just go to a city where there's none, there, you know there's nothing to do. <laughs> but in in L.A., I, I'm so excited about the rule here. I think ours goes fully in effect across all of L.A. County in a few weeks. I am so excited because no one has any more patience for well you don't have it or. Exemption. I don't want to have it. Or, you know, you see videos online of people getting into fights with people, the poor, poor people who work at a restaurant because they asked for the vaccine card. No, no one has right. time for that. I'm so excited for it to just be the law across all of Los Angeles. You won't be able to go indoors and do anything without proof of vaccination. And if you have a problem with that, leave L.A. Just leave. There are many areas in Northern California where maybe that wouldn't be such a big deal. But I love this city. I love our culture. I love our uh, arts and all the things we have to do here, and I want to be able to do those feeling a little bit safer than I do now. In fact, you mentioned tourists attacking or people getting attacked at some of these restaurants. In New York City, there was a restaurant hostess over that got into a big attack um, with three other women over vaccine proof. Um, and the police had to come. I mean, it was it was something else, Michael. And Yeah, and so this story came out on September 17th, but it was updated today uh, at 9 o'clock tonight. And, you know, this, this whole thing started as a simple request that that is becoming part of New York's pandemic routine. A hostess at a popular Italian restaurant on Manhattan's Upper West Side, let's stop right there for a minute, and asked three would-be customers for proof that they had been vaccinated as required for those seeking to dine indoors, right? But the encounter quickly escalated as the customers, women from Texas, began became irate. Black women from Texas, by the way. They became irate and refused to provide the proof needed to enter the restaurant. And that was initially in the, in the first iteration of this article. But the police and the restaurant spokesman said that the hostess offered a seat to them to seat them outdoors where such proof is not required. It got ugly. I mean, a fight ensued. There were, there were three women. They were going in to be seated first, and then three men. 
men, I don't know if it was their husbands or their sons, but three men came and only one of the, the men had the vaccination proof that, that was needed to get in. And it became very ugly. I mean, ugly, ugly, where the women were saying the N-word was spoken. And, of course, all of it was on video, but they don't have vo- the volume. You can't hear what's being said. So witnesses oh, had to talk to that, you know. Speak I'm to sure that. all kinds of choice words were thrown around. I'm sure people did terrible things. across. Sure, but it's all trifling and terrible. I, I don't want to return to that sort of trumpian culture that we had when he was in office where things were just horrible all the time people did awful things to each other because they felt empowered by his hatred so i i'm looking forward to just being the law and there shouldn't be fights going on about the law it's just this is what it is you can sit outside you can sit inside and it isn't you know a thing that changes county by county because right now to a, a traveler's credit how are they supposed to know where it is a rule where it isn't a rule when our rules are not only different in different areas, but changing every single week. So that's why I'm excited. Universal, like the whole city in an area you can go to, all of New York, all of Los Angeles, this will be the law. You'll know what it is coming in, and you'll bring what you need uh, to prove that you have a vaccine. And if you don't have it, uh, A, you shouldn't be traveling. But if you do, you will know where you can go and where you can't go. Here's the thing that bothers me. I don't understand why the enforcement of, you know, this law um, in New York it's fallen on restaurant employees. It was a hostess, right? Why mm-hmm. should she be the one that, you know, front of house staff members who are typically the first to engage with these customers and it gets ugly? I mean, what, what should be, who should be there instead? A police officer, a security officer? What would you suggest? That part hasn't been planned well at all. It hasn't been rolled up. These rules are coming into place without a, an actual plan to enforce them. To your point, yeah, it's a hostess. It's it's regular people like you and me who are just trying to work and can pay their bills who are now the, the, the vaccine police all across these major cities. And they're not, not only dealing with those who live in those cities, but of course, the tourists who may or may not know what the rules are or what the culture is there. So that part is I, I feel bad for them. And no one wants to have to do that and deal with those attitudes. And, you know, we've seen other videos. And, of course, we've had experiences here in L.A. where people want to fight back or say, I I don't want to wear a mask. or I don't want to do this. I mean, I I have definitely had to tell people to put your mask on earlier in in the pandemic, especially because they just didn't want to follow the rules. So if not a hostess, yes, to your point, who is supposed to enforce these things? Is it just a cultural peer pressure? Well, that obviously isn't working on certain fringe cases. Uh, or, yeah, should there be a security guard in front of every venue enforcing the vaccine check? That's what they have here in West Hollywood. The, the, the same people working security at certain nightclubs and bars now uh, are trained to check. And everywhere I went today for brunch and afterwards, you have to show your vaccine card. And they're checking every, everywhere you go. And even then, you still have to wear a mask when you're walking from the front area to where you're going to sit down. Wow. It's, do you think it's going to get worse or better? It depends if on... If it's mandated, America. right? It, well, well, when you say it's going to get worse or better, what part are you asking about? People's behavior or, or the, 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 the willingness to get the vaccine? Which part are you asking about? Both. I mean, if I it's, we will- see where this is going. I know people see it that don't want to do it. We know that Texas is so against it. They try to take masks off children at schools. And I mean, we can go on and on with how bad... Texas is at this. They just don't want to have to do any mandates when it comes to COVID-19 and the vaccination. So 
I, I, I'm just trying to figure out where do we go next? It's getting this bad. How do you stop this? Because if we, if we mandate it in every state, then I feel like, okay, people will get on board. But now I'm starting to see maybe they won't. They won't. So it's going to go the way it's already going, where rules aren't going to change people's minds, even though what they believe isn't true. And so unfortunately, what we're going to see is more death. And that isn't political. Death is tragic no matter who you are, no matter what you believe. And so right now we're seeing higher cases in Republican areas. It shouldn't be that way. There shouldn't be cases where politics are different. Those things should not be connected at all. So that's just sad in and of itself. But frankly, maybe that's the only way that this new wave that's coming through that is not as severe in places like Los Angeles is terrifying. So I really hope it doesn't continue this way because I want cases down everywhere. I want everyone, no matter their, their beliefs, to be alive and be safe and not have to suffer from COVID-19. But of course, because of their beliefs, uh, it is getting worse in those areas. Well, I have to say, you know, I, it's um, unnerving to see that every state, you know, it's always the state laws, right? Every state is making decisions of its own. Um, and the southern states are totally different from the northern states. And we can go on and on about that. How do we bring us together? Because I get really sick of hearing about you know, politicizing it all. Oh, now the whole COVID-19, if they want to mandate it, it's just politicizing it. Oh, January 6th insurrection, it's just politicizing how angry people are and how they want to correct things. No, five people died at the insurrection mm-hmm. on January 6th. So I, I get tired of people using that word. It's all just politicizing. It makes it seem like it's forgiving and it's not something you should worry about. But people are getting hurt. People are dying because these there are so many Americans who have not been vaccinated and they are fighting to never have to be vaccinated and they're they're fighting for that and soon they might be fighting for their lives so if we end up with you know two halves of the country the ones that voted for trump and the ones that voted for biden and you know sections of each of course will be different but in 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 large cases we'll see oh well one section having higher cases and another section isn't that's tragic you know, that's not going to be the America that anyone wants to see. But if, if that's what people want, uh, that's what they're going to get. But, the, of course, the sad part is one person making a decision is, doesn't just affect them. It affects right. everyone around them. And even right. I've been to places recently that I know has some Trump-supporting people who frequent those places. And I'm indoors, and I'm not wearing a mask, and I'm eating and drinking, and I'm thinking, someone in here might have it might not have a vaccine and you know and yes i have my vaccine and that's great but i could still get the delta variant i can still get sick from it i just hope it won't be in the hospital so it's it's something we have to think about even in in a blue bastion like los angeles when i'm going out i have to know i have to remind myself there are people out and about and one last quick story uh just recently there was a, a restaurant in west hollywood that i, I really like going to it's brand new it's upscale and th- th- there's partial outdoor dining and one of the waiters there, I really enjoyed talking to him, and I ran into him elsewhere. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, it shut down for a few weeks because we had a COVID outbreak and the whole staff got it. I was like, oh, my God, that's terrible. I'm so sorry to hear that. And I said, you know, did you all have the vaccine? He's like, well, no, I don't have it. And I said, what are you mm-hmm. talking about? He said, well, no, for personal reasons, personal reasons. And I'm thinking how many times, yes, he wears a mask at work, but like this person has served me at my table many times and refuses to get the vaccine and is saying, oh, well, it all broke out. But, you know, 
the, the, the others who had the vaccine got more sick than I did. I'm like, dude, you probably gave it to him. <laughs> like a restaurant literally had to shut down and he couldn't connect with his brain that maybe he should have had the vaccine because clearly it's still a pressing issue, even with all the rules in place here in Los Angeles. So everywhere we go, especially in a big city, there are people who, for one reason or another, might disagree with you and who might um, be a danger to your, to your life and the lives of those around you. I just think that the states should be um, accountable for their people coming to other states and just not wanting to do what the state they're in is demanding. And I, I you know, it's a mandate. I don't understand how I can, if, if I'm here in Minnesota and if, if my gov- governor was saying, hey, we want you, it's not mandated, but we want you vaccinated, get vaccinated. I'm gonna go get vaccinated, right? And then if I go to another city who it's mandatory to be vaccinated, I'm good. It's like, great, I'm vaccinated. But if someone comes up behind me and go, I'm not vaccinated, nor am I getting vaccinated, but I want to enter the restaurant, then who or what are we supposed to do about that? Because we know, you and I both know, that that can, you know, a fight will ensue, obviously. Right. So. But, but what if you and I fly to Texas? And, you know, we have our vaccines and that's great. We want to wear a mask and people are are glaring at us for wearing a mask. And we go into a restaurant and people are exclaiming how they don't have the vaccine. They don't believe in it. And they're coughing and sneezing all over the place. I think we would be as angry as the opposite where someone from Texas goes to a big city and they just can't believe that there's rules and belief in in the vaccine. So I think on both ends, there's that culture shock. I I think ours would be based in science and theirs in politics, but still we have to, we have to address that piece uh, as well as saving lives. I agree, Michael. And of course we have to take a break and come back with our final segment in just a moment. Welcome back. We are wrapping up this hour with the mom and Michael hour. And um, of course my son, Michael Battle joining us just makes me so happy. And um, Michael, I have to ask you about this because a lot of companies, big companies, small companies, they need employees so bad that some are willing to go without doing a drug test. Like you don't need to do a drug test anymore. Yeah. Yeah. There are articles about it that are out today about it. And you just kind of go, what? They're not going to test. There's no urine test for this anymore. I mean, that was a big piece of getting hired, right? And I'm just shocked about it. What do you think of that? So I've only had to do a drug test to get a job once. And it was I thought it was very strange. I don't do any drugs. So for me, it wasn't a big deal. Uh, but for other people, maybe it would be. But I've always wondered, what is the point of that? Because the, the jobs that I'm usually going for that require this require a whole lot of other things. Um, and experience, education, et cetera, um, that if you have those things and you do drugs, but you can still be successful, does that company actually care? So really it's why did the company need the drug test in the first place? What were they trying to weed out? And you know, what in their company culture wouldn't tolerate that? And so if a company says, oh, well, we wouldn't tolerate this because it doesn't fit our culture, it doesn't fit our values, whatever it is, and now suddenly they're not requiring the test, have they changed their values? If not, then they should really reconsider re- reinstating that test. If it was there because they just wanted to know if, if a person was more high risk, then I could see if they were going to drop that. Because, yeah, definitely some places don't need to have it in the first place. Wow. I'm just amazed at that. I really am. Well, um, but they're so desperate for workers that they're choosing to stop certain protocols, you know, to make sure that yeah, they but, get. 
But, Sorry, I'm, I just, I'm laughing. I just, it's like, okay, so companies are going to these extremes. Like, okay, we'll just, if someone was on drugs, it's fine. We'll still hire them. Or you could just pay a living wage, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bravo. <laughs> you can keep your drug test. You can keep all those things. Just pay them a living wage and they'll come work for you. They, who who would have thought that would be the answer? You know, I just talked about that with one of my guests tonight, and um, she was saying the same thing. Okay, so, Michael, what would that living wage be for you in Los Angeles? What per hour? Well, I, I'm going to decline to answer that because, you know, I like nice things. So my perspective, right. what I would want to be comfortable in a very expensive city is skewed. But just think about your cousins. Think about your cousins. What do you think? Those that need a, a, a living wage. It, it's different from, from each each city because, like Minneapolis is now a very expensive city, and like what kind of life that person's trying to live? Is that person super young and, and they have two roommates? Do they want their own their own place? Are they trying to get married and have kids? It's really where you are in your life and what you might need and what your education level is uh, and what field you work in completely change what that wage would be. Obviously, fifteen dollars an hour is I think should be the base across the country, but fifteen dollars an hour in L.A. or Manhattan. Did you say fifteen? I, I think fifteen should be fifteen dollars an hour in Mississippi is is not gonna cut it. Well, it depends on where you are. There are definitely places where your oh. rent might be really cheap. And if you I don't know if I agree ready. with that. I think a living wage is different. It does. Right, but if, if you just came out of high school and you aren't going to college and you just want a simple job, you I live think in a I just. Sorry, and, and, and you live in a place where your rent is, you know, $300. That's different. But in a, in a major city, Minneapolis, Seattle, Los Angeles, New York, et cetera, of course not. That's not going to cut it. And jobs who, you know, are paying uh, lower than the average out here are just not going to um, attract qualified applicants. And that's the final thing I want to talk about tonight, Michael. Yeah, so the last thing I want to talk about is that Chad Hessen was chosen by Money Magazine to be the best place to live in America, in America. And I was stunned about that. Congratulations to Chan Hassan. But here's my challenge with that, right? Anytime Minnesota is awarded something like this, it's exciting. But when I went to look at their demographics, you know, to know that it's what, 87 something percent white and 1.63% black, I may have that a little wrong, but I, or not just black, but just people of color, period. It's just a small percentage. Um, and so I worry about that. It's like, how is that the best place to live if you don't have a diverse community where people are getting to learn other cultures and, you know, increase their cultural intelligence? I am very concerned about it. It, it, it's deeply concerning, and like you, I wouldn't want to live somewhere that wasn't diverse. To me, that isn't, isn't an ideal place to raise a family. Uh, I love having diverse people around me hearing different languages and being in a, a city that has you know diverse cultures. Um, but I will ask where, and I, I know the answer, but I'll ask you, where did you see this, this ranking? Who published that? Money Magazine. And I think there's our answer. A publication okay. that, that is focused on money and, 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 and advocating for affluence said that, that a city that is mostly white and affluent is the best place in America to live. For their readership, that very well may be the answer, but for much, uh, many other parts of America, it is not. Wow, Michael, we got to go, honey. It's always a pleasure having you join us. I just love it. Thank you so much. And you take care of yourself with earthquakes around. Go get an earthquake backpack. Okay, everyone. Good night. It's been a pleasure, you guys. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 